I am unashamed. What about you? I'm in no way associated but, with GBDO, whatever that is. But Phil keeps bringing this up is why I was like, Well, what? people keep writing me letters say, I got fleeced again. Can you help me? I'm like, but it's, I know it's not going to work. There's thousands of things out there that I've done and said, you're just never going to, it's too big. Yeah. I build duck calls. We make duck calls, not GBD marijuana oil. Never heard of but it. But a lot of celebrities spend their whole life trying to put out those fires and i'm just saying don't go down that road because you're never going to stop doing that it's never going to stop once you become vocal for jesus especially that's you're being attacked but you can either keep preaching jesus or you can go out there and try to put out all the fires i'm saying any time you spend trying to put out the fires is a waste of time because they're going keep <laughs> well coming. i think but it just bothers dad because People oh, are stealing money from uh, from people being gullible because they believe this stuff on the internet. That dad would have a marijuana company. I mean, the whole yeah. I laughed when I read it because it, there was nothing truthful about it. They're talking about dad being the CEO of Duck Commander, and, I, and I'm just laughing. Your dad hadn't done anything at Duck well, Commander don't, in 15 don't years. Don't misunderstand me. It it bothers me, but there's nothing you can do about it because they're just going to keep they're going to keep doing that. So. The way it is. I mean, if they if they you know defame you, you can sue somebody. But this is really just people making up stuff and trying to sell it. But to Dad's point, if you're listening to the podcast, Dad doesn't have a, a CBD oil company and he's not selling no, marijuana. No, oh, so so don't don't fall for that one. But and if I'm it sounds to, too good but, to be true or too or too bad trick, to be true, it probably is. I'm, I'm saying sick. there's hundreds of allegations out there. I'm trying to address the bigger problem: is people believing as truth what they're reading on the internet that's the bigger problem are you saying there's a lot of liars out there i'd say there's more lies than truth on the internet i feel and they wonder why i've never fooled with the internet (laughs) that's exactly right what you'd be surprised about if you googled who was paul's wife you'll get an answer there'll be an answer there I haven't looked at that, but I will guarantee you. If you Google who's Jesus's wife, you'll get you'll get one. So a lot of people they're like, "Oh, Jesus was married." Why? Because I read it on the internet. Well, and then Jace, this Wikipedia, like it, it's, it's supposedly is the encyclopedia of the internet, but then anybody can put anything on there. It, it's I'm not saying. like somebody. Yeah, it's I mean, you can just put your own stuff on there, or or people can go in and change your stuff. You know, it's crazy. There is some truth on the internet, but it that would have to be validated. Because you got to remember, it's a social media driven and comment driven world, and people are putting their their best self forward, not the truth. Because you wouldn't want to read the actual truth; It'd be too disheartening. That's not that's not saying much for the human race. Is all I got to say. Well, it, it yeah. It says that we're flawed. No wonder I, I decided early never to, to get be part of the internet. Yeah, they say I'm on the thing, but I, I guarantee you one thing: I didn't, I didn't click on and say get me on it. No. Now, Dad, on the on YouTube is on the internet. Ooh, so I mean, I know. there point. are some good things you can do. Good point, Al. Yeah, I mean, look, I've had I've Google Map things before, and I'm going on a trip. I'm headed to my destination, and where everything's great. And all of a sudden, it says, 
you're at your destination. And I look on both sides of the road, and there's not any establishment built within miles. And I think, <laughs> wow, this was a this was a bad thing because <laughs> they literally sent me to nowhere. That's what I think you're saying. You trust the internet to give you directions. Well, most of the when time, are you going to say? I think this thing is leading me down too many paths, uh, no return. Because most of the times they get it right, but they're, occasionally they're saying turn right here, and if I do, I will die. Yeah, because it, I'm fixed to turn off a cliff. Yeah, and so I thought, huh? But I'm going to tell you something. In the real world, that's where these things happen. Look, I was at a Walmart Saturday morning because I was out of coffee. I know you don't go to Walmart. But half the time during a week, I'm by myself and I ran out of coffee and I didn't want to be grumpy. And so because I like drinking coffee in the morning. So I go up there. Bad call. A lot of people crowded. But I'm there. I am trying to get my coffee. So I go up there. There's one checker. There's about six self check. What are those? What are those things called? Self checkout or whatever. But they're all cra- there's yeah, so many self-check. people crowded in because we have one checker open. So I thought, hmm, there's a couple hundred people here, and we got we're funneled bottlenecked. So I get in line. I wait. I would say 25 minutes. The woman in front of me had so much stuff that it was shocking that that could be fit in one buggy. She does the transaction. She pays the money. She's leaving. And then she says, wait a minute. I don't think you scan this bottle, the case of bottles of water below my buggy. So I went from saying, are you kidding me? To, wow. That's an honest thing to do. And so now they get out the receipt. Well, the receipt is this. It's a foot long for you that are listening. So she's looking, 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 bottle of water, looking, looking. I'm just standing there watching this proceeding. No bottle of water on there. So she says, she pushes a couple of buttons and she said $4, which I thought was weird because I thought, how would that be exactly $4? So the woman who's being honest hands her $4. She puts it in the cash register. She prints out another receipt. Now the woman who has been the woman of integrity, she's the, the sliding door has opened. She's leaving. She's gone. She, she did a great thing. I applauded. But now the checker said, hey, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was 440. Uh, now I'm like, are you kidding me? I said, I'll pay that 40 cents. I said, you, you can go. I got it. But she's, she's coming back now because the same woman of character also doesn't want to shortchange because it's part of, I, can t- I like this woman. And so she hands a dollar like in between. I said, no, I'm paying this. It's just 40 cents. But you did something that showed character and integrity and you'll be rewarded. 40 cents. I'm not taking that dollar. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you may go. That's what I said. And she kind of jumped. Per, his 40 cents, but now the reward for honesty and integrity. I just thought it was worth. great. And I'm like, let me do this. Please go. So now here's where it gets tricky. Oh so boy. I look in my wallet and I have a dollar, <laughs> a straight dollar. So I hand the checker a dollar for the 40 cents. I hadn't even got to my stuff yet. All right, she puts it in the cash register, hands me $5.40. I said, we have another moment to show character. I said, because I handed you a dollar, and she she's already starting to scam my stuff. And I was like, you handed me a five. I said, I gave you one for 40 cents. You've handed me 40 cents, which was wrong. She should have handed me 60 <laughs> and $5. So I kind of did it passionately like that. She busted out balling. I mean, just tears started. And I thought, what in the world is going on at Walmart today? And she started crying. I was like, look, it's okay. You made a mistake. I mean, now I'm feeling bad because I thought maybe she thought I was being too aggressive. But she, you know, so embarrassing. You know, I handed her a dollar. She handed me 540 and she said, well, my my uncle died today, and I tried to get off, and I just got so many things going on in my head. And I mean, she just, like, poured this out, and I thought, oh, well. And I looked. There's a line. I thought, how am I going to quickly? Because this woman. Because now we're to the psychiatric stage. We are. <laughs> and uh, I said, look, let's take the $5 back. Because she was making me nervous. Cause she James, why do these things like that happen to you? <laughs> That's what I say. I've told That's this what to I many say. people. If you want to feel better about yourself, you need to read your Bible or go to Walmart. And I recommend them because they sold a lot of our duck calls through the years. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was kind of a joke, but not really. I mean, because I, I think you're with people, ordinary people, and you see, you know, you see their flaws. You So, look, we had a – I just said I got to address this. And so I was like, take the $5 back and look, death is painful. I mean, now she's she's ringing this up, trying to get all this right. She just said, tell me what to do. She was so confused by what had all happened. And I was like, just take this money back, and let, they'll it'll be off 60 cents to the good, and we're just going to go with it. Now, I don't just – she did. She was trying to do something right, and now this is – so you're good. Here, take the money back, put it in there, and then let's, let's go. We're not going to quibble over 60 cents. And that's what we did. So, and then I said, now look, it's it's a tough day. You know, you lost your uncle. I can tell you were close to him. So there's nothing you can do about it other than, you know, give encouragement to the family. I said, but you can use this moment. You know, you're having a tough day. You can use this moment to launch and look at your own life and say, you know what? I'm going to honor him in the way I handle this. So that's what I went with. I was going to say, let's take let's take a break. You know, Dad, you've uh, taught us, me and Jace, and and our brothers, your offspring, as you put it, uh, a lot of things in our lives. One of the th- lessons you taught me early on, uh, all of us, was don't be a thief. Uh, you remember these us you telling us that when we were boys? Do not pick up things that don't belong to you. I sure did. I was very strict on that. 
You were, and, and, it, and it stuck. And the reason why is because, you know, a lot of people have stolen your stuff and nobody likes that feeling, right? So they're just like, why would you do that? One of the things that we've noticed in the pandemic is there's a lot more thieves online. They figured out ways to hack into bank accounts and, and get your information and get this and get that. And one of the more sinister aspects is people stealing someone's home title uh, which is terrible. I mean, they put their name on your home title, borrow a bunch of money, and then they foreclose on you because these people have hacked in. It's happened to quite a bit of people. So we don't want it to happen to you. Here's what you do. You go to hometitlelock.com and you'd register your address. Make sure you're not already a victim. Then you're going to sign up. You get 30 free days of protection. And then they're going to protect your home title. So it's hometitlelock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. That's HomeTitleLot.com, promo code RADIO, 30 free days, and make sure and hang on to your house title. Well, I think that was pretty good advice, Chase. That's, I mean, you, you encouraged her, and then you also gave her some hope, you know, about, you know, kind of moving forward. So she needed that. So that's why you were there. I mean, deep down, I wanted to just write the Jesus diagram on, but you know, I was in Walmart. There was a line. That's a lot of pressure. The other yeah. people were frustrated behind me, but they've just watched this whole encounter. And I thought, you know what? Sometimes in life, you just got to plant a seed and hope God brings along other conversations. So that's what I did. But I mean, I think there's a time to share Jesus. There's a time to show Jesus. And hopefully God works it out, but that's what I did. So, Jace, I finally, uh, I finally got to start watching the uh, watch Chosen, and um, thank you. It's funny. It's funny because the uh, to show you, Dad and I have. I don't know. We're in the, I guess, of the same generation practically, and I haven't been. I didn't know where to look for it. To be honest with you, I know it's probably not hard to find. But so, look, the only reason I started watching it, I mean, I really wanted to, but I'm just I don't know much about the my TV except, you know, where the ball game is or, you know, where the news is. And so they sent me someone sent me. I don't know who did it, but somebody sent me a DVDs of the whole first season. Now, DVDs, I can do it. I realize this technology now is over because then yeah. I was like, well, do we have a DVD player? I told Lisa and she said, well, I don't know. And so we started looking around Well, we had two of them. Of course, they hadn't been hooked up in years because who does DVDs anymore? But I hooked it up. I remembered how to hook it up to the TV. And so I watched it old school DVD style. But but you were right. It's amazing. So I've only seen the first three episodes of season one but yeah. I, immediately it grabbed me right off the bat so i can't wait now i'm kind of well, chomping at gets, the bit to it get... gets better yeah i got home when missy got there she said i can't believe you told the national audience that i paid five hundred dollars to uh you know as a contribution for the chosen i was like i wouldn't have done that and Nope, sure enough, I did on a podcast one day i i, I did share <laughs> she was right i was like well babe I was probably making a point about giving, you which I think I was. You know, I was bragging. I was like, "Good, good job." Yeah. But what my point is, I know this. I don't. You know, we just decided to give five hundred dollars because we think this is a great thing to do, and it's volunteer driven as far as their budget. People give and they keep making them. I mean, I, I love that. If you love what we do, give us some money. It, that's awesome. Right. Here, but what I noticed is once we sent the five hundred dollars, 
they send the episode to our inbox on our email. <laughs> so that's the oh. best way to watch it. They're like, oh, you give okay. us $500, we'll just send it to you. <laughs> So well, anyway. I'm gonna send them some money then. You know, Dad yeah. and I, we were we did a, a virtual event with uh, Ann and Fellow, my my filmmaker friends from their Irish. But that's how they do all their films. They crowdfund it, and that way you don't have to depend on some studio or network or somebody else to tell you what to do and what not to do. It, it's driven by the people. So I, I love this. The guy's name is Dallas Jenkins, who's the guy I guess that does all this because yeah. he had signed the box. So I guess it came from him. I don't know. I don't we know how it got to, to me. We need to but try I, to get them on here and see. You know, yeah, what, I thought the same thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll to, work tell on about that. It, making it. But yeah. I tell you this: I shared uh, the other night we had a Devo. I shared about that show, and I said what I like about it is is I like watching it with the creative writers or whatever you call it in the production world in mind. Because, you know, the problem is trying to convey Jesus. It, and the name of it's the chosen. It's about the ones that Jesus chose. You're following it from their perspective. perspective. Which what that did, I don't know on purpose or by accident, is what you'll notice is their flaws come out. Because we're all yeah. flawed. But then it makes you look at your own life and say, oh, yeah, I got the same flaws. Because when you're compared to Jesus, and they do a spectacular job of portraying Jesus, he's always good, he's always right, and it's not what kind of the religious world has made him out to be in that, you know, oh, we're, you know, oh, 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 oh. you know, you've been into some places <laughs> that just, you're like, what? It doesn't seem real. I mean, he was a carpenter. He, he, he laughed, he cried, he built wood structures and... He fished, and but he was also God in human form. So I just like seeing that inner circle meeting, thinking, now how are we going to portray this? It's just fascinating to me because I think it trickles down to my own life when I'm in Walmart or wherever, trying to share Jesus with people. Because we have flaws, we feel inadequate and unworthy to share, and we feel like we don't know enough. Or remember the question we got on what verses do I share? And you know, I want to scream right. from the mountaintops. No, we're sharing a person. It's like, you know, if I was introducing my wife to someone, I wouldn't say, give me some tips or some notes that I can share about my wife. No, you share the experience on, you know, what what our makeup is. And I think we do the same thing with Jesus, but we have the same struggle that they do putting that to the world in our own personal conversation. No, I think you're right. I, and it, it's really good. So I highly recommend, I can't wait to watch it. Dad, I guess I'll get the DVDs to you after I watch them. Cause That's I don't know how to tell you to watch idea. DVD <laughs> makes a comeback. DVD yeah. baby. <laughs> we'll have to well, dust off the old receiver. So we're finishing acts today because you say, well, why? Cause we're, in chapter 21 to 28 and there it, it turns into a movie would you agree i, I think it's yeah. a show yeah if right. you were going to make a biblical show and it's paul's journey to prison and as a prisoner and it all started when he was given a speech 
Where was the speech where he said everything was going great? Yeah, in chapter 22, I mean, because he keeps just sharing Jesus from town to town, and they arrest him at the Jewish leader's demands because they don't like that he's basically throwing the old order of the way to do things under the bus. Well, and just to just to set the context too, Des, he's back in Jerusalem, which remember we said in the last podcast, he told the Ephesian elders, he said, look, I'm going to Jerusalem, but the Holy Spirit's already told me this it, it is not going to go well when, when I get there. So he's been yeah. warned by God. That, and right. so his followers said, well, don't go. But, but you know, Paul's like, no, I'm going because this is my last chance to, to get, you know, to speak to the Jews. So that was the kind of context of this speech you're well, about to and talk And God is telling him it's fine. And, you know, there's one story in here. I can't remember exactly where it says an angel of the Lord told me, you know, last night that you're fine. Keep <laughs> Even though it, because it seemed like the walls were closing in around him, but when you get to chapter twenty-two and he gets up, and you know he said, "I mean, shouldn't I be able to defend myself?" And they're like, "Yeah." So he gets up in chapter twenty-two and he's speaking in Aramaic, and he tells the same story that's found two other times in his ministry about how he was struck down on the road. I really like this one. Uh, it's a verse I've used many times because in his in his encounter with God on the road, I, I love verse 16 of chapter 22 when he says, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away. Calling on his name, which was, he was telling the same story over and over and over again, but I, I like that depiction of, well, what are you waiting for? I mean, he's, he's coming. Yeah, he's going to gonna lay there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. But then in chapter 22, in verse 21, he makes a profound statement that causes him a lot of trouble the rest of the way, which yep. then he says, the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And remember, the theme of Acts is God showing in the miraculous way that all people are included in his plan. Jew, Samaritan, Gentile, those in between the old law and new law, you know, under John's baptism, everybody is included. And when he said that, verse 22, they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live, which just shows you, you want to talk about prejudice and racism and the fact that he's up speaking and he wants to go speak to Gentiles, they're like, kill him. Yeah, let's, hey, Judge, let's take a break. So one of the things we really enjoy on the Unashamed podcast is our Black Rifle coffee. Um, I'm, I'm really jealous of y'all because you're drinking it. I, I'm seeing the murdered out on my screen, but I don't have any here. I've ran out. So uh, you, know, you guys are getting some great coffee this morning. Uh, we love Black Rifle coffee. It's a veteran-owned company. They give away 6 million cups of coffee in 2020 uh, as part of their buy a bag, send a bag to soldiers and to first responders. So these guys are the real deal. Uh, they've got a new product. It's a ready-to-drink canned coffee uh, that, uh, if you like that, the ones you just buy and drink. So be among the first to try 300, the new 300 is what it's called, in two delicious flavors, caramel, vanilla, and rich mocha. Or if you just want to go with the old strong murdered out, that's what the unashamed guys drink, and we love it. Go to blackriflecoffee.com slash fill. 
Use the promo code Phil. You're going to get 20% off your first order. If that's there anything, the coffee club or, you know, whatever products. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Phil. Use the promo code Phil and drink some great coffee. I don't know about you, Dad, and we've all three spoken in a lot of different environments, a lot of different places, sometimes maybe a little hostile than others, but no one has ever responded to one of my sermons with rid the earth of him. He's not fit to live. That's Ooh. that's a harsh <laughs> that's Ooh. a harsh response. <laughs> Pretty good cursings from time to time, but not not ever quite that. Well, and Paul's not helping himself out. Look, in the next chapter. He has this encounter with this Pharisee and he, in chapter 23 and 3, and Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, that you, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck, because they were wanting to beat him up. And, of course, then it's just one. But, you know, Jace, he and he apologized for that. Because one of them said, you dare to insult the God's high priest. And he said, brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest. For it is written, do not speak evil about the ruler of your right. people. So he basically rebuked himself and apologized, which I thought was pretty good for Paul because he was kind of worked up, you know, in this moment. That well, was going there's on. a lot of these moments as he's being transitioned to different jail cells and trials. And because the people, especially the Jewish order of things they were wanting to kill him because they did not like his views on the resurrection and the new law which was really no law i mean you you do right because you love jesus Uh, and, and at the same time he was doing things under the old law to become things to all men to try to save them you remember when he shaved his head, and that comes up again, I think, in uh, chapter 26, maybe. I mean, he because they confronted him, and so he does some of the rituals. You say, well, why is he playing that game if, if he's already said that we're no longer under that old law? Well, he explains it in all his letters and acts, I mean, in uh, Romans and Corinthians. He was trying to become all things to all men to get them to focus on Jesus and, and to save them. Well, not only that, Jace, you, you remember in, in Acts 9, when when the first Saul is first converted and the original happening, and then the, the, he mentions it several times, all these later uh, deals, he said, you remember Jesus sold Ananias in a, in a vision, I will show him, Paul, how much he must suffer for my name. And to me, that's kind of been the theme of this whole thing is because, you know, he was he God didn't sugarcoat it with Paul. He he really was the worst of the worst. I mean, he was killing God's children and he felt bad about it because every time he mentions in his books, he's like, I, I'm the worst. I'm the chief of sinners. I mean, I I persecuted the people of God. I killed my brothers and sisters. So he realizes the kind of man that he was. Yeah. But at the same time, he, he, he's up against it his whole time serving God. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that having done all that, that he didn't let it get the best of him and feel so guilty about what he had been. You know, he mentioned many times that you forget what's behind and press on, move forward. I mean, because he could have yeah. gone through a serious guilt trip where it wouldn't have been worth anything. I'm too yeah. bad yeah. to be saved. I mean, I'm not worthy. And just started belly aching about it, 
and be down and accomplish nothing. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I think that's why he yeah. said in chapter 20 and 19 when he said, I serve the Lord with great humility and with tears. Because I do think when he thought back of what he did, I mean, it just had to be upsetting. Uh -huh. I mean, here you are now being threatened to be killed by the same people you were leading. If he proves anything, he proves that no matter how far down you get, which is about as sorry a rascal as you can think of, killing people just because they believe in Jesus, have them stoned to death with rocks hitting them. You know, watching Stephen, he's sitting there giving approval to it. Oh, yeah, I get it. He throw one in there for me. To come out of that and get that behind him and just imagine what he was doing and still move forward, that's a little lesson for everybody. Don't let your sins weigh you down to where you say you're not worth saving because yeah. he said the opposite. Yep. He, his mercy was, he, he showed me some mercy. So even me. So pretty, pretty, uh, well, pretty good. The story good of his life is a statement in and, in and of itself. Well, it's a good point. And that's why there's so many statements in here about he hasn't hesitated or stopped proclaiming the grace of God. Cause really we know in this spiritual war between good and evil and you know, on the evil side, that is their main go-to is that you're not worth anything. You're not That's good right. enough. You're not. I mean, you see that in, you know, the, the poorest parts of any town and just where there's a group of people who've just fallen through the cracks of society and made some bad decisions or, you know, gotten into specific sins here and there, but then there, you know, the longer you participate in that, all of a sudden, then you just don't care about yourself anymore or, or feel like you're worth anything, which is a dangerous place to be because, you know, it leads to suicide and more drugs. And a, lot of, a lot of suicides, Chase. But here's God making it very clear through the book of Acts that from the lowest to the to the moral guy who's a pretty good fella. I mean, he's after every person with equal enthusiasm. Yep. You know, and I think we see that reflected in our churches. I, I was trying to find a side door yesterday when uh, we met, and uh, a side door. Well, because there was well, so many run at the church building. Yeah, I like to know where my <laughs> options are. Well, I came around the back of the church building, <laughs> and I looked out there, and it looked like. The parking lot behind the, the church building, it looked like the parking lot at like a bar on Saturday night. There was smoke in the air and just kind of, you know, the rut. I thought, oh, here's the overcomer crowd because we have a huge yep. section on there. <laughs> bringing. And I thought, I people, parked right there. people would never think that these people are at a church building fixed to go. I mean, they were, they were, it was it, the whole of them. I started to take a picture, but I thought that'd be too weird. But, uh, I thought, you know, that's a good thing. These, that's their, so, hey, Jace, oh. so let's take, let's take a break. Taking a picture, Jace, of, uh, the human race fresh out of jail not a good move <laughs> no, i didn't well I look didn't so so whenever so whenever i park uh out back there'll be some of them there and so i usually go in say hey i got my regulars there who are early it, it, we we put a, actually a little covered place back there 
for the for the them to be on Friday night or Sunday because of, there's so many smokers. Because we figure, you know, you kind of deal with one vice at a time. Most of them are trying to get off of drugs and alcohol. We'll work on the cigarettes down the road. But whenever I go in, I leave the one service to go close the other service because we have two going at the same time. And so when I'm walking to go into the fellowship center where our other service is, there's like a stampede because, you know, they've been inside for, you know, an hour and a half. So everybody's got to get out and get them a smoke. So what happens is as I'm going in, because I'm going to be closing the other service out, I just start yelling when they're walking by me do this this week. You better serve God. You better love the, your neighbor. As they're passing me by, yeah. I'm just giving them final instruction on their way out to the smoking <laughs> ring. It's so yeah. it's kind of my final. And now they've really like appreciate it. So thank you, pastor. Thank you. Thank you, pastor. Out, You know, all the way in. It's really funny kind of that. But I'm with you. I, I, I always say that in what we read about here, if Jesus were to show up, for one of our church services, that's where he'd probably start. He'd be out back talking to the people that are on fire and love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people that quite frankly, a lot of churches don't want to be there, well, right. which is sad. Well, and there's a process, you know, you, you can't spend 20 years of your life doing everything possibly wrong, especially in the drug, alcohol abuse world. And then all of a sudden, you know, think there's not going to be a little bit of a process, even in Jesus, to come out of that. I mean, the fact that they're attempting it and their self-worth is, is so low, there's just a process that you find your your confidence in what God thinks about you rather than what you think. That's right. And look, you see that with Paul. I mean, even though his was, you know, he was a known as a scholar and I mean the have to deal with the guilt of your putting in the ground people who are in love with Jesus. I mean the sheep of the, of the true shepherd and you're putting them in the ground. I, I just don't know emotionally how I can even deal with that. And now you're taking them on and they're like, come back and join us. And he's like, no, I mean, he, you know, you think he's going to his death, which eventually I guess he did under Nero, I guess, in the mid-60s. Maybe God's but, thinking was, if I appoint someone to write most of the New Testament and the spearhead of the beginning of the, as the kingdom of God unfolds, he's one, a sorry, low-down, murdering dog is chosen. Maybe God is saying, that lets all the rest of you know that you're worth saving. You're, yeah. you're, you're worth the effort on my part. I think part. there's something to that, Phil. I was just going to say, I, I want to read this passage or part of it from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, talking about Paul. And, you know, it's it's it, to me, it's so honest, and it's just the way he is. It, it starts at verse 21. He said, what anyone, what anyone else dares to boast about, then he has a little thought, I am speaking as a fool. He's saying, I'm foolish to even talk like this. I also dare to boast about it. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? Here's another thought. I am out of my mind to talk like this. I love it. He keeps just saying, you know, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but but I'm doing it. And then he says, I am more. I have worked harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Now that was a bad beating, thirty nine oh. licks across the back. You know, he had to three been times. I was severely, severely scarred up. 
You would, you would think. Oh, three times I was, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I've been in danger from rivers, bandits, my own countrymen, Gentiles, city in (laughs) danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. I mean, (laughs) he just it goes on and on and on, and finally he closes it in verse thirty. Says, "If I must boast, I will boast of all the things that show my weakness." And which is yeah. a great way to end it. You know, he, what he's saying is I deserved every bit of it, but at the same time, I trust in Jesus. I mean, that's, that's, what? that's the only way I'm going to make it. It's the only way yeah. you're going to make it. What stood out to me when you said that though, is, yo, know, cause he's basically on this journey to Rome and he gets before King Agrippa and lo and behold, in chapter 26, he gives the same speech. I was walking down the road. Saul, why do you persecute me? He's talking to Agrippa. I'm Jesus, him you're persecuting. And then I love how he describes it here. He said, Jesus says, I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. And so then he says, so then King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision. And he starts talking about what he's doing. And he gets down to the end of his speech. And he says in verse 22, I'm, I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen that the Christ would suffer as, and as the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and the Gentiles. So there's his speech. The next phrase in 24, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You're out of your mind. I mean, that was his, I think that's why he said that when he said, I'm out of my mind. He shouted, your great learning is driving you insane. I mean, he's like, this is the crazy, you're having a vision, you're talking to God, you're talking about some Jesus, a dead guy who comes back, you're, 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 you're crazy. You lost your mind. Yeah, and he said, I'm not, I'm not insane. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. I mean, he never got, got, got off of it, which is fascinating to me that he would be willing to make not only the transformation in his life, but be willing to talk to the most powerful government officials because evidently that's what God wanted him to do because that's where he keeps winding up. And, right. and he, even God Grippa says, do you think that in such a short time with that story, you're going to persuade me to be a Christian? Are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, I love that too. Short time or none, he said, short time or none. Uh, you know, I, I pray, God, that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am. Of course, except for these chains I got around me. I mean, I mean the yeah. way he's handling it, I mean, you're like, yeah, not that old dude. He was well, and then, he's a great uh, model. Agrippa, let, uh, let's take one last break. Agrippa basically says, I don't see anything. I don't believe him, but I don't see anything wrong with what he's doing. And then he said, you know, if he, yeah, he's like, but he doesn't deserve to die over this. And so he said, I I would let him go, except that Paul had appealed to Rome. And so, you know, he was going to go through with it no matter what. You know, I found ironic, Jace, we were talking in the last podcast about you were laying out sort of those moments. And one of them was when, 
uh, Peter was uh, in Joppa, and then he got sent to talk to Cornelius, who's in Caesarea, which is like the Judean capital for Rome. And, you know, that's where he went to first share with the Gentiles. Ironically, this setting we're in right here, Paul's back in Caesarea because he has to go up there to speak to the Roman governor and eventually King Agrippa. So I find it kind of interesting. It's one of those things about the Bible, again, that comes full circle. You remember when the gospel first went to the Gentiles, it went through Peter, but then God, Jesus told Paul, you would be my messenger to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So right before he's fixing to take off to Rome, which will be his final stop, he's in Caesarea one last time preaching the gospel. So I I just thought that was really neat the way God does that. And look, this is many, many years after Peter went. So this is kind of a full circle of what's happening. And then they, you know, then they basically, it's almost like they they knew he didn't do anything deserving death. And in a way, they're like, if we let him go, they're going to kill him. And so they just keep him as a prisoner, but they treat him, they give him all these these luxuries over and over again in these last few chapters. They would allow people to attend him and and help him. You know, it's just not the Roman way when you read this, because he was having an impression on them that was just hard for even them to find some kind of bitterness toward even when they, they he's a prisoner on the ship when they decide to sail. And he's basically told him, I wouldn't do this because he says that a couple of times. If you'd listen to me, we wouldn't be shipwrecked. No. Yeah. But, but he didn't like rub it in. He just said, here's what we do because he didn't want to lose anybody. And God had told him, you're not going to lose anybody if you follow these instructions or whatever. So they have this 14 day hurricane, Induced northeast, northeaster is what yeah, it was. In, it was. I love yeah. that that's in there. They, the I, I, I was wondering always if the Greek word was northeaster, but it says that in the NIV. <laughs> that's what it says, yeah. And uh, and they're just ravaged, but in all of that, he showed to be a true leader as the prisoner on the ship. He basically took over about how to survive, and they started listening to <laughs> him, right. and everyone right. survived. And yep. then they finally make it to the beach. That's why I said this would be an incredible movie. I don't know how you could simulate all that happened. You know, it's hard to simulate a hurricane. Then they build a fire, and a viper attaches himself to Paul's hand. And then they're like, well, this guy's got some kind of demon because there's a viper. They claim as one of the most poisonous snakes <laughs> on Earth. It's the ones yeah. that grew out there on them islands around in there. They claim they would kill you. You, they bite you. You're dead. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't. And that's what they were hurt. looking for. They, it said they were looking. They were waiting for him to just fall out yeah. or start swelling yeah, up. Won't be and long it said now. Paul just he'd be dead. Give him about he ten sh- minutes. He shook. He shook it off in the fire and was like, "All right, boys, let's let's sing some campfire well, songs." Are they, and it, the- <laughs> I, I mean, you could really make a great scene about that because I think back of all the times in my life when I've been bit, stung, or had some kind of encounter with a beast, insect, snake, you know, and you have that first hour of thinking, am I going to die? I mean, you're, you're trying to look at yourself. Am I swelling? Especially when I, you know, went frog hunting. It's like the night I had some leeches on me, but I couldn't see them because they were on my backside. But I kept feeling this pain. They're sucking the blood. Out of <laughs> yeah, they you. were sucking the blood, but I didn't know what it was. And I thought, I think something bit me. And I was, I felt kind of 
uh, had a hot flash and I could tell something was wrong. You know, so when I got home, I did something I don't normally do because I mean, it's one or two in the morning. I woke up missing. I was like, I need you to look. I think there's something bit me and I, you know, I don't want to die. So that's why I'm waking you up. And she's like, <laughs> there are leeches on your butt. She's screaming, you know, I mean, because just... <laughs> I was like, oh, it's leeches. Good. I was thinking that's a good thing. Pick them. Pick yeah. them up. Oh, she was like, you're on your own on that. I, I'm not going anywhere near that. Miss <laughs> K would have removed them. I know, but I mean, I married a yuppie. What can I say? I mean, the fact that she at least identified the problem. Do you ever see the movies Stand By Me, Jace, with the four little kids that are yeah it reminded me of my track. childhood walking down train tracks. so they uh, remember and then they then they waded across one of them ponds and yeah. they had the leeches all over them and the will wheaton character he he looked he pulled his underwear back and looked and he had one in a place you don't want a leech yeah and all the buddies were like well you're on your own there but bye <laughs> just like this <laughs> bye yeah. but it's incredible i think the guy was was working in all this and you think, well, how come he was allowing these things to happen? When you really read the whole story in its entirety, you realize that God doesn't necessarily take you away from the weakness and the pain and the misery. He was just with him through it because really this life is going to be filled with that no matter what happens. And ultimately that's right. you're, you know, the big picture of eternal life and being with a being that's incapable of being destroyed all of this will seem so small mm. and and it was all done to get the name of Jesus out and to show everyone that no matter where you're from or whose side you're on God loves you and you can be a son or daughter again you win you win you, you know what I love about it Jay you're so right that Paul knew I mean he was getting direct messaging about what was going to happen from God and whether he could convince them to not do something or do something, he just charged on in no matter what. And look, he had, if he had the power to raise up Eutychus after he fell out of that window, he had the power to do anything for himself, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just, he only used what he had to advance the kingdom, which I think there's such a great lesson in that for us. And even like your speech, you know, when he had the, your, the, the messenger of Satan enter his body, I'm not quite sure what it was. But he said, I asked the Lord three times about it. Well, that meant, he said, look, you know, this, why don't you just go ahead and knock this out? Because, you know, you got the, all the power and, and I've raised dead men, but I got this problem here. Why don't you? He said, he said, nah, you'll be all right. My power is made perfect in weakness, so you'll be okay. That's exactly and right. He just, he, it, he just lived with it. And it wasn't easy. Yeah. You know, before all that started in chapter 23, it just, there's an obscure verse in uh, verse 11 Paul, Paul said the following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, take courage as you have testified about me in Jerusalem. So you must also testify in Rome. But you're like, well, why is that in there? Because he's like, why would I want to go to Rome? That's not going to end yeah. well. Yeah. But he's like, right. and it didn't for him eventually. But he, but God is like, take courage. This is, this is what we do. And so even though there there were moments of salvation physically, like about the snake and all, because I think a lot of people are trying to wrap their head around this, people who are, don't read their Bible or this is new to them. They're like, well, how come he did some miracles and he he did some things, but then they had a shipwreck and was miserable and he was having to, why didn't he just save them and 
there's there's you know what he's showing is the weakness and struggle of life leads you to the one who's not weak dependence dependence on the one who brought you yeah. and it forms relationships and that that's what it's really all about that's why family you know our family structure is so close to us all whether you're a believer or not because we were created in the image of God and that's really what it's about you know, for dad and I, we talked about him on Mars Hill, you know, back when we were in Act 17. And on that same movie shoot we did, we went to Rome and shot some stuff there. And, of course, you know, you never know if the ex- exact spot is the exact spot, you know, historically. But supposedly, we went to the hill where they beheaded Paul. And there's some stuff there, you know, a monument for him. And then also where Peter was hanged upside down, which is where where the Vatican is. And so... You know, just whether it was the exact spots or not, Dad, I don't know about you, but it was a humbling thing for me yep. to realize that these two brothers who basically started it all and have been kind of, the, if you want to have the star of the movie, Jason, the star of the movie of Acts, um, you know, that's where they gave their lives for the cause. When we did and, that, and I'll, I'll have to admit, I had a moment, didn't you? I did. I did, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we're about out of time, but I want to close with a couple of verses. One is the last verse, because we, we read it, I think, Jason, when we first started, Acts, you went to the last verse, um, but or actually the last two verses in, in 2830, says, For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. There was a guard there. You know, he was under house arrest, but they allowed him, as you said, Jace, the kindness of being able to be there. He wrote about six or seven of his books mm-hmm. or letters as we as have from there. And then it says, boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ, which, you know, right to the very end, you know, of Acts. But I want to read one of the last things he wrote, and he wrote it to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8, because I think it's a perfect way to end this study. For I, Paul said, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. So he knew when he wrote this to Timothy, this is probably the last thing he wrote. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So, you know, those final words from Paul was, they still are true today. Yep. You know, that's, that's, that, that, that's a great last word for any of us, I yep. think. Excellent point. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.